Greetings, everyone. I am Sayyid Alizia Jafri, a research associate at the Center for Security Strategy and Policy Research, University of Lahore. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Troyden, who happens to be CNA's director for Countering Threats and Challenges program. Today, we'll talk to Dr. Troyden about the simmering situation in Afghanistan. Um, the Taliban, it appears, are surging quickly towards Kabul, given that they are occupying district after district with violence ever so high. Against that backdrop, President Ashraf Ghani and Dr. Abdullah Abdullah are headed to Washington, D.C. So in this context, I would like to ask you, Dr. Shroyden, what do you think is going, going to happen in Afghanistan? Do you think there is any all, however slim, chance of a political settlement? Or do you see violence going up? And what role can Washington play at a time when it is backing up? It has almost withdrawn half of its forces. And also, also when it is finding it difficult to, you know, secure over the horizon capabilities to keep an eye, so to speak, on Afghanistan. Over to you. No, yeah, those are very good questions, and certainly the developments of the last, you know, few weeks here have been very concerning, uh, you know, to, to anyone who's watching what's happening in Afghanistan, and, and obviously, most especially to Afghans themselves. Um, I, I would say to, to your question about negotiations, I, you know, I don't think we're going to see, unfortunately, much progress in the negotiations in Doha anytime soon if only because the Taliban have now the opportunity, uh, one could phrase it that way, I suppose, to, to test the Afghan security forces on the battlefield in the absence of US support. And that's what you're seeing them do right now. They've obviously ramped up their uh, military operations, especially in the North, but in other parts of Afghanistan as well. Um, they are, you know, consolidating rural areas where they had effectively surrounded uh, Afghan security force positions and, you know, in many cases then uh, used interlocutors to reach out to those Afghan security forces and uh, negotiate their surrender in a lot of cases. Um, once those forces had run low on food and ammunition, uh, and as a result, they're taking a lot of these rural districts or at least getting the Afghan security forces to leave these districts uh, without uh, you know, a lot of fighting in a number of cases. And so all of this is highlighting a number of significant issues that the Afghan security forces have in the absence of U.S. support. Um, perhaps the most notable of those have to do with logistics and, and simple things like resupplying forces in the field which the U.S. did a lot of, uh, you know, helped the Afghan security forces a lot with those types of um, logistics and resupply and maintenance, right? All of these types of support functions that the Afghan army, its air force, the police forces, et cetera, are not particularly capable of doing by themselves. Uh, and so in the absence of that support, what you're seeing are troops in the field running low on food, running out of ammunition, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, you know, surrendering their positions or falling back from those positions as a result. Um, and then the Taliban are taking advantage of that. 
that is unfortunately creating this narrative of of Taliban uh, inevitability, right? That uh, you're seeing a lot of this on social media and in, in you know, op-eds and news articles that people are commenting on the seeming, you know, inevitability of Taliban military takeover. Uh, and that's a dangerous narrative to, if it if it continues to take hold uh, because it has the potential to lead to all types of um, self-fulfilling, you know, behaviors uh, in Afghanistan in terms of people making calculations uh, themselves about, you know, who they're going to support, uh, what actions they're going to take, you know, whether they, they stay in the country, whether they flee the country, uh, whether they align themselves with the Taliban or align themselves with the government, et cetera. Um, and so that, that's a pretty dangerous narrative to take hold. To your question about uh, uh, Ashraf Ghani and, and Abdullah Abdullah's visit to Washington, D.C., and what the U.S. can do to try and help with this, I think the biggest thing the U.S. could do right now is to, you know, figure some things out, figure out how it's going to continue to provide uh, support to the Afghan Air Force and ensure the Air Force flies, how it's going to provide over-the-horizon counterterrorism activities to secure U.S. interests, how it's going to continue to provide aid to an Afghan government that is horrendously corrupt. Um, and the sooner the U.S. can figure these things out and openly communicate them, I think the more it will help counteract this, this narrative of Taliban inevitability. And, and if I were Ashraf Ghani or Abdul Abdullah, I, that's the, what I would ask of President Biden when they visit later this week. Uh, thank you very much uh, for summing it up in such a short time. I look forward to talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.